So what is sometimes called the three um, portals or three gates to, to Nibbana, deathless is the uh, sign of Dukkha, which if handled correctly leads us to a sense of desirelessness <coughs> when we really emotionally, instinctively get it, that there's nothing satisfying that we can grab hold of we can't grab grabbing hold of things cannot produce any sense of satisfaction Um, then there's that lessening of that instinct to hold on and this is really instinctual you can deal with it conceptually practice with that but a lot of it's just wearing out this instinct because it you know new 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 little Treasures do keep popping up, <laughs> you know, pleasant weather and happy feelings and uh, friendship and stuff like that and uh, good companions that one is blessed with, and yet you know you can't get it. <coughs> Sometimes you go out, I was out on a walk a few week ago, week or two ago, and it's a beautiful day out on the south downs and then it's so nice and then someone walking with me telling me the tragedy of their particular life you know and you can feel the whole thing going <laughs> suddenly for a moment the world looked like a happy place uh, and then of course the weather changes and so on so it's uh, you get to these very pleasant moments when things seem just so so good so rich so satisfied so completed um, but they, when you get one, you think, well, now what? Watch it pass. It sounds kind of, could sound miserable if it were for the fact that there's something other than grasping. There's a, something other than the graspable. It's only seemingly when there's a shift from that, uh, that instinct to grasp hold that we really apprehend the ungraspable or the ungraspable you might say ungraspable enters us something like that as a descent to the ungraspable the things we can't you know that which we're not supporting second is a sign of of anicca of impermanence this leads to what's called signlessness you know if you really so as you begin to Contemplate everything that one sees, tastes, touches, thinks of has got a sign to it. It means, oh, it's one of those. That's the way we identify things. Not only we identify things as trees and dogs and cows and cars, but also we identify them as agreeable, pleasant, and so on. They make some kind of impression on us that stays. And, of course, that's where the clinging starts, and uh, that's... As we begin to contemplate, none, none of these impressions are really substantial. They are just signs, and they're not substantial. So after a while, the mind 
can stop signing things, stops putting that label on things that are just what they are. It's called the tata, just as it is, or also called a tamayata, means the mind doesn't make anything out of anything. It's just what it is. It doesn't sign it as agreeable, disagreeable, and so forth. Mm. And this uh, means that mind it's a lot greater potential to to be with experiences when we're not trying to, you know, approve of it or disapprove of it. Because, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, quite a lot of the time that that's the first kind of indication that happens, isn't it, whether you agree with something or disagree with it. It's immediate, <laughs> you know, <laughs> don't like that. <laughs> this is great. No. You know, it's this, this signing. Goodness me. You know, so busy approving and disapproving. And yet, it happens. <laughs> and yet, it happens. Hmm. Whether we approve or disapprove, it tends to happen. Be like that. Those signs come up. These are just things that you kind of wear down, really. <clears throat> third sign, third sign, or the third gate is. Uh, Gate of anatta, not self, which leads to emptiness, sunyata, which means a, um, you know, that atta is really like a uh, sense of which thoughts, feelings, moods, impressions, energies, sensations are continually packed together, held together into some composite entity, myself. You know, you know, there's a physical feeling, there's a energy, there's a response, there's a approval or disapproval of that feeling. That's that whole packet, myself. And of course, all the ingredients are shifting all the time, but the basic packet remains there. Myself is now feeling some of this and some of that, and a bit of this and a bit of that. The content changes, but the basic package remains there. And that's that's why, you know, it's 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 a step further than just impermanence, which can still leave us with the feeling of here I am contemplating impermanence. You know, it's that packet, which uh, in the bag through which all the thing all the things are pushed into. When you start to contemplate that. So it's called self-defining or atavada, which means a kind of a not so much a, a purely conceptual, intellectual thing, but a basic self-definition. Atavada, these terms. Uh, so you want to focus on that, what's holding all this together. You know, kind of sensitized to that. The need for you know, some kind of fundamental coherence because in other words we go nuts otherwise it's just all bits and pieces you break down and go psychotic <laughs> so, 
So anatta is not something you want to kind of force, <laughs> you know, because it, you, but but what what can occur is that the, the power of the dhamma, the power of of mindfulness and concentration and clarity and wisdom and so forth, can be such that that's what manages experiences rather than this packet thing. That is, experiences are met with wisdom and with uh, composure and with kindness and with equanimity a moment at a time, rather than trying to find a place in your mind to handle that, which is what we tend to do normally, which we tend to do most of the time, in fact, as this process goes on. It's like stuff gets pushed into you and you're trying to find some place you can kind of pack it in. <clears throat> if you can't, you start to get, you feel really shaky, taken to the edge, you might say. And uh, certainly, my own experience is very much of this nature that there's generally at least five or six urgencies occurring on different areas every day. Desperate people, important agendas, minutes for this, you know, something else to figure out. They don't, they're not all of the same category. Something could be kind of somebody's personal problem, there could be a legislative issue, there's a management topic, um, you know, <laughs> and there's particular kind of in-house little bit that has to be dealt with at the same time. So you've got five or six of these topics coming in at the same time multitasking and trying to find places where you can just assess it all and handle it all. It's like being one of those, um, you know, the way they make patty to foie gras, you know, you get a goose and you just stuff it, stuff food down its throat. <laughs> it's a bit like that. You kind of get for yourself being stuffed with experience. So you're trying to find places to pack it, put it anymore. There aren't any more places. And uh, you either kind of blow out or, you know, if you've practiced it strong enough, just, well, it's just a moment arising. It's just a moment of the unmanageable arising, a moment of the next wave in this ongoing chaos of Sangsaris is the next wave arising. And you don't even expect there to be anything more than that, you know. Now, from a self point of view, this, this is conceptually, emotionally, psychologically uh, unmanageable. Yeah. It just does not, it seems terrible. <clears throat> and it's, uh, it seems almost that, that, you know, the more sensitive you get, the more tuned in you get to, to, to experiences, then that. You know, you come to that place where you just can't can't manage it. And uh, if there's a, if there's enough strength to practice, that's what manages it a moment at a time. Well, I was, in, I was mentioned this when I was in Thailand last year, and they have these big ngans, big ceremonies, and they have a very large one at Wat Pong with thousands of people coming. And uh, th- thousands of monks and many thousands of lay people and uh, cars and people setting up food stores and police and 
whole thing is a huge, huge event. And uh, the abbot told him, he said, well, you know, this year there's not enough water to, for all these people to drink. They've drained, you know, so they had to get water trucked in. They built, I don't know how many hundred toilets. There's not enough toilets, everybody. There's no way in which one can kind of manage it. <laughs> and there's people coming in and people kind of coming in and just grabbing food and walking out again. There's, you know, not there for Dhamma at all. So you can feel disappointed with that. There's monks who've got quite strong views, not necessarily the same opinion about things. There's all this stuff going on. Yeah. And he said, yeah, there's all this, but actually nothing's really happening. You know, in other words, it just wasn't nothing happening in his mind particularly. Just that's it. That's the presentation of samsara. It's like this. It's chaos. You know, if you open up a newspaper and try to get to some kind of view of what would manage this world with its nuclear missiles and pollution, environmental degradation and, you know, crime, violence and football and... <laughs> Plans for the Olympics and all that, you know, the, from the ghastly to the to the wonderful, from the happy-go-lucky to the tragic. You try and sum it all up, and make it, you know, sort it all out. It doesn't doesn't work that way, does it? So you just have a moment at a time. That's that's what you can that's what you can be with wisdom. A moment at a time at the, at the pressure of it, the edge of it. Feel it in your body, feel it in your nerves, feel it in your heart. Sometimes it's very sweet and peaceful, serene, feel that, moment of the time. You know, you try and f- how is it going to fit together? You don't know. So you meet that one, moment of the time. It's rather like that. And it's not about spacing out or, or avoiding it. It's actually... Because if you avoid it, it will come running after you sooner or later. You have to meet it. And meeting it, meeting the samsara, meeting the way it is, if we really take a stand on that, the disappointments and the, all of these things that happen, if we really take a stand on just meeting it, it's not easy and it's emotionally disturbing. Meet that, be with that. And it has this ability to sort of push you. Actually, you know, this life is about living on the edge. And sometimes we think the edge is just about, you know, not having television or having partners or you know kind of what what's there in the in the on the agenda is where you've got to give up money and sex and music and eating the evening well that's that seems like an edge that's that's just the beginning bit that's the edge that we know about that's always easier than the edge we don't know about which is the feeling of not being able to manage cope not knowing how it works what's one's going to do you know like that which suit which comes up you know with all its uh intensities that's what we meet this is where we're living really there's a strong instinct in all of us I think to find uh, that which is 
we can form ourselves around, find our position, find our place, find our role, find our, find our group, find our occupation, you know, get my life together, you know, find out how I'm going to be it, how I'm going to do it. You know? Nothing is more important for a sentient being than themselves. And instinctively, the whole system is wired to self-protect, um, self-affirm, self-fulfill. That's what it's wired to. Nothing is more important for a sentient being than itself. And for human beings, that's, that's a very complex topic. It's not just physical survival, it's emotional, psychological uh, comfort, appreciation, fellowship feeling of purpose, feeling of having a meaning in life and all that. Yeah. And those are the pieces that start to, you know, where your self-view forms around. It's not a thought, it's a whole way. It's a vada, it's a, a way of self. What am I going to do next year? Well, I could go to Dong. This monastery goes here and so and so, two dollars. Yeah, and then uh, see so many vases. I could perhaps start a little place here, go teach a retreat there. You know, that's what the mind will do. You know, and that's what the world wants us to do. Isn't it? You know, I can figure out. Well, this year I'm doing that. This, this, this. You know, I think I'll go here. I'll be there. Uh, that's what it does. Doesn't seem particularly problematic. But the amount of kind of manoeuvring and manipulating and stuff you've got to go through to make that happen, with and then where's it, where eventually does it go? You know? So all these our our plans, our views, our sense of our future, are things that are always just pencils, pencil marks. We'll see if causes and conditions allow that could happen. Setting up possibility for causes and conditions make it go that way. Yeah, I can do that. Yet realizing we actually we're living very close to the edge. If you for you really want to come out of that packet, you want to live close to the edge. And <laughs> generally, what happens is the edge comes close to you anyway. You know, in these uh, scenarios, you with situations that don't quite work, or people not quite getting on, or directly in conflict, or you know, over too much work to do or whatever, or sick, you know, or sometimes a whole lot. Amazingly, beautifully, this uh, potential that almost the last thing that we ever realize, we have the potential to be with that a moment at a time. It's like every day is a kind of dying, you know, it's uh, every day is a sort of dying which uh, many people struggle with, and struggle with, and have diff- very huge difficulties with. And uh, some people, perhaps I don't know, but some, perhaps many, or a few, find at that time as a release from that. You know, that's what it's like. Just that, not, you know, the, the management is mindfulness. The management is wisdom. The management is compassion. The management cannot be done through self but that's the last isn't it you start off with a sense of 
you know, contemplating the impermanence, the changeability, getting your mind used to that, finding its ability to fly rather than continue to be supported by this perception, this impression, this imagination, this theory. Contemplating the unsatisfactoriness without going into reactivity of control, defense, blaming, guilt, those things, those qualities. These are the ones that start to loosen the, the tightness of that package and realize that we can, or something is, some presence, some dumbness can manage, be present in that. And this is what loosens up the whole intensity of the, of the self view. Now, as you practice and contemplate, to recognize also that uh, the full resources of the mind are not not purely the intellect, not purely the will, you know, our leaders, a sort of sense of conceiving or directing, that's part of it. But you have a much more holistic um, awareness, which is to do with the felt sense of the body, the emotional or the sensitive sense, you know, so you feel some of these experiences you can't conceive of, you know, that you can't figure out, you can't fix, just almost like holding them in your, in your in your nervous system and loosening and softening and breathing steadily through your body to make that that, that capable. Uh, and uh, it's curious you know, why the presence of the body is important. Um, how one can perhaps, you know, not a scholar really, but you, you do come across these phrases like one experiences ultimate truth with one's body. You know, one knows one things, you know, uh, one touches it with one's entire body as if this embodied sense is a very much part of what we understand mind or we should understand mind to be. The effective, the reflex sense. And of course the effective sense where we uh, feel our sense of uh, ability to be patient, warm and kindly you know the, the emotional sense so you contemplate practice with these how are you feeling where are you where are you physically with this breathing is very helpful if you practice like that because this this breath energy can Keep their whole body soft, open, fluid. Whereas the tendency is when we get stressed to lock up or tighten up. Breathing, standing, standing, feeling it in your feet, keeping your feet on the ground, opening up the soles of the feet, grounding. Walking is feeling the steady movement of the walking. These are very embodied practices because it's through this body used carefully we start to widen and uh, come out of the, the normal package that we call our mind. We experience it much more as a whole presence of being. 